In recent polls, and it seems inevitable that Trump wins the presidency despite the continued propaganda that half of the U.S. electorate wouldn't vote for Trump. Most see this as a lie now. Um, Half of the U.S. population could care less, to be honest with you. Um... A lot of people understand that it's propaganda and it's a psyop directed at demonizing somebody the establishment doesn't want leading the country for a number of reasons. Also, Rasmussen came out with a poll last week that 24% say they knew someone who died from the COVID vaccination. And Steven Crowder, if you don't know who Steven Crowder is, he is a online talk show host, uh, conservative talk show host. But he releases text from the long-awaited Nashville shooter's writings. It seems like a, a limited hangout to me, and I'm going to go into why I believe that is. Uh, was this from the actual manifest manifesto? It, it seems like it was, or was it just some screed more writings from a deranged person it's hard to say whether this was a manifesto because it a manifesto usually talks about why someone commits a crime or why they are doing what they're doing this really kind of wasn't it was just angry rantings so i'm curious if this is a limited hangout or not uh so let's get into the headlines So we're going to start with Fox News. Trump leading Biden in five key battleground states as voters cringe at Biden's age. Not just his age, but the fact that most people believe that the country was better under Trump because actual politics is about not about personality. It's about policy. And Joe Biden's and the leftist, the postmodern left's policy is destroying the country. And, And that's how Trump got elected in the first place by pointing that out. So I'll just read the lead from Fox. Uh, uh, Former President Donald Trump holds sizable lead over President Biden in five of the six most important battleground states, according to the New York Times-Siena poll released Sunday. And I went over this yesterday in my uh, Sunday review of the mainstream media where the New York Times tried uh, tried to make sense of their own poll, which said Donald Trump was ahead. And so they tried to use a little smoke and mirrors, a little sleight of hand, Uh, just to say that the Democrats just don't want Biden, but they don't have anybody else. And the only other viable candidate so far is RFK Jr., which uh, the establishment doesn't want either because he was labeled as a crank or somebody who's just upset about the way things are going in a lot of different areas of society, American society today. 
So Trump leads Biden by a whopping 10 points in Nevada, six points in Georgia, five Georgia, five points in both Arizona and Michigan, and four points in Pennsylvania. Biden's sole lead in Wisconsin, where he beats Trump by two points. But you have to understand it's um by a margin of error of three points. So given my uh, analysis of this, that Trump is has an overwhelming lead, add three points to all of these. So first off, um, Biden is a whopping 13 points in Nevada, nine points in Georgia, eight points in both Arizona and Michigan, seven points in Pennsylvania, and Biden's sole lead in Wisconsin He's actually, Trump is up by one point. If you factor in the margin of error, which is skewed, and this is given what they say, I think it's skewed even more, but if it's within the margin of error, they can use plausible deniability. So the fact is here is that the plausible deniability and the um, margin of error are the same So Trump is leading overwhelmingly. New York Post reports top Dem strategist David Axelrod suggests Biden drop out of the 2024 race. Washington Post, some Democrats worry Biden's team is ignoring political warning signs. They're not ignoring political warning signs. They are establishment. They're there to execute the agenda, which they're doing. And now the American electorate has soured on the president because he's taking care of the political elite agenda or the global elite's agenda and not worrying about most Americans, which is his charge. And that has always been the problem with the elite and the political class is they give platitudes to the people they want to vote for them and then they ignore them once they're in office. The fact of the matter being here is that the elite never listen to, and the fact is, is that they don't need people to vote for them anymore now that they have mail-in ballots. They just need to con- collect enough ballots, whether those people, whether those ballots were filled out by uh, actual registered voters or not. The New York Times reports Biden confronts the limits of U.S. leverage in two conflicts. President Biden's influence over Israel and Ukraine seems far more constrained than expected, given his central role as a supplier of arms and intelligence. Nobody likes Joe Biden, um, and nobody likes the feckless Democrats because they are feckless, particularly in foreign policy, and they get away with what they want to get away with. And again, Biden's favorite plausible deniability, he can just deny, um, he can just deny and say, well, they're just not listening. Just like the Saudis, when he said he wanted the Saudi Arabians to pump more oil, they just ignored him. So the fact is he's not a strong leader and he does not holding a big stick or any other, there won't be any other consequence basically for what's happening. So um, Ukraine is off the table. Most Americans are done. They're done. Even the people that were waving the Ukrainian flag previously. I mean, if you're Ukrainian descent, that's different. But most of the people that have jumped on the Ukrainian bandwagon have seen that it's now $160 billion and they're still losing. They call it a stalemate, but it's not a stalemate. Russia doesn't, Russia has no strategic interest into advancing. 
They want, the whole reason for the invasion was to create a buffer zone to protect Crimea and their strategic interest in the naval base at Sevastopol. Axios uh, reports New York Times poll, Trump set to romp Biden. And this is the New York Times poll that the New York Times itself has to try to use a little sleight of hand, as I said before, in, in trying to look at the analysis. If the election were held today, former President Donald Trump would easily beat President Joe Biden with over 300 electoral votes, according to a new swing state poll in the New York Times and Siena College. Why it matters, the poll will increase the anxiety among Democrats about the 2024 election and undermines the idea that Biden is the most electable Democrat against Trump. And then it goes over the numbers, which I went over before. Uh, well, you have to understand is that the reason this is happening is not because the mainstream media has come to their senses. It's actually because um, they want to get rid of Biden. For the reasonable fact is that Biden is not electable. But also because they know that the Amer uh, the American electorate has soured on this idea as Trump as the villain because they see what happens. It's just a distraction. Look at that guy. He's the bad guy. Don't elect him. Don't. And then what do you, what do you get in in instead of the bad man? You get an establishment shill who does what the establishment wants to do, which is basically against what the American electorate wants. So you see what happens here. <laughs> you got duped for all you people who voted Democrat. Somebody who just started drinking the Kool-Aid, Ohio, oh, excuse me, Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds says Trump can't win in 2024 as she endorses Ron DeSantis. So she used to be a supporter of Donald Trump and now she's off the bandwagon and she's jumps on the establishment bandwagon uh, that is DeSantis campaign, that is the DeSantis campaign. Reynolds and DeSantis spoke about the state of the 2024 race and what her led an endorsement in a joint interview with NBC News. Um, she just said uh, the establishment GOP came to her and said, you want to you stay in office, you got to go against Trump because nothing seems to be working, which is indeed the case. Um, you know, I don't want to go any more into it is the fact that she's not a MAGA and the... The populist takeover of the GOP is almost complete. We just have to get rid of a lot of these knuckleheads in the Senate, um, particularly Mitch McConnell has got to be, as, you know, minority leader, uh, he's got to be ousted. I don't know how you would go about doing that. They just had a vote, and he had a vote of confidence, so. So from the New York Post into other news here, New York Post, new email show DHS created Stanford Disinfo Group that censored speech before 2020 election. Whoopsie. Uh, so you see the intelligence apparatus of the United States is actually working against the Republic's electorate um, to not allow uh, the person that is most likely to lead the country in the right direction, and that is opposite of the elite agenda, and so the Department of Homeland Security created a Stanford disinfo group that censored speech. I'll just read the lead. 
New emails show officials at the Department of Homeland Security created a Stanford University disinformation group that censored American speech before the 2020 election, according to a House Judiciary Committee report exclusively obtained by the Post. So, the House's panel of 130-page staff interim reports has never before seen emails, internal communications were obtained from the group known as the Election Integrity Partnership, of course, because you're preserving democracy by not letting people vote for who they want to vote or not allowing the electorate to be informed to make the correct decision and show how it worked with DHS cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency CISA to flag, suppress, and remove online speech in coordination with big tech company so we know this was happening and then you have guys like chris krebs that goes on all the talk shows and talks about you know how everything's just fine everything is safe the safest election in history was the 2020 election oh and this is other big news rasmussen poll um killer jab question mark 24 percent say someone they know died from covid19 vaccine I got this from Esoteric Ed on the uh, Outer Light um, because I didn't see it last week. It should be big news. I don't know why it wasn't. It certainly isn't going to come up in, on Drudge. But the fact is that he, and Esoteric Ed pointed out as well as that I knew some people were injured by the vaccine. Some young people, uh, one guy who was on a b- basketball scholarship who will never play basketball again, particularly professionally or, or organized, at, you know, college collegiate basketball um but i know a lot of people who got cancer after receiving the jab and that is a big thing that's being overlooked as well uh particularly lymph node cancer there was one guy it was two weeks after he got the jab a guy i worked with a young guy got um lymphoma or there were indications of lymph node cancer and then i had a a friend that just passed who had cancer. I don't know if it's related, but I told him not to get the jab. And, you know, like everybody else, he made fun of me. What are you, what are you talking about? The Hill reports CDC adding flu RSV surveillance at major U.S. airports. So you're going to be surveilled, medical surveillance at airports once again. Now, COVID, as you could see by the Rasmussen poll, is on the outs as far as what people consider because there is some nefarious behavior behind COVID's release because it is a novel coronavirus, so it never existed in nature before. And uh, the subsequent billions of dollars made from the vaccine that really didn't work. But any kind of surveillance, medical surveillance at ports of entry are of concern. Most people are like, well, we have to protect the population from, oh, come on. So getting to uh, one of the hearts of the matter here, New York Post reports Nashville shooter Audrey Hale's alleged writing surface, want to kill all you little crackers. Now, this was obtained by um, Stephen Crowder, who's a conservative online commentator. He has a talk show, basically, which appeared to reveal the shooter's anti-white hatred and nervous but resolute planning. Uh, and it was very childish, the planning and what have you. Um the point is, I believe this is a limited hangout because unless we know all, unless we could see all the writings, we don't have a clear indication of what the hell happened. So, and my always, my concerns are always, was she talking to anybody online that was maybe nudging her? 
And also, was she on SSRI drugs or any kind of psychoactive medication, uh, pharmaceuticals in particular, that might have caused her uh, homicidal ideation? Um, we might not ever know, but at least we have some writings from the man so-called manifesto, which just, who knows, manifesto is usually an organized diatribe of why someone commits a crime or why someone did what they did. Um, this just seems like a screed. Someone is very upset. Um, and all Crowder had was three handwritten pages were posted on Crowder's website, which asserted their legitimacy, saying they had been obtained by his mug club undercover investigative unit whatever that is. But the Nashville Metropolitan Police Department, which led the investigation in the suiting, said it was aware of the documents and was investigating, but clarified in the statement the photographs are not part of their crime scene images. Hale, 28, who was identified as a transgender and also went by the name Aiden, allegedly wrote in one of the missives, want to kill all you white crackers before murdering three children and three adults at a Covenant School, Christian institution, which Hale had once attended. It is well known that Hale had produced a volume of writing before launching the attack. Police said... uh, Police said they had found 20 journals, five laptops, a suicide note, and various other... Notes written by Hale at the house and she shared that he shared with his parents as well as two memoirs, five coming in school yearbooks and seven cell phones. That's a lot of writing. Um, two memoirs, whatever the hell that is. I, I don't know what two memoirs are, but who knows? We don't know all of it. And I, and I think it's a little bit of a limited hangout because I don't think that it's really to the crux of the matter. She, she was a transgender knucklehead um, who hated white people and their white privilege. Um, this is all caused by um, the PSYOP that is the transgender PSYOP. And this doesn't surprise anybody who was paying attention to what's been happening lately. And that's why they didn't want to release it. So there were people suing not to release the writings. Officials and some of the victim's relatives are strenuously sought to block the release of the written materials, arguing that, Doing so would incite copycat crimes and deepen the trauma of those impacted. That's all bullshit. It's the same cover they used with Sandy Hook and all this. How could you ask questions about little kids who were killed? Uh, Because we want to find out why it happened and try to make sure that it's not happening again, but it's actually mind control, wind-up toys. You find somebody who's mentally unstable. You get them on drugs that cause homicidal ideation, and you trigger them. It's mind control. It's not like they walk around like robots. You just piss them off enough, or you know, or or you put stuff out there. And Facebook did the experiments. They would look at your reaction to posts and post stuff that was inciting and see how you would react to it. So if she was on Facebook, she's undergoing these same experiments, and who knows who that data goes to? Ex-FBI agents, perhaps. So the Washington Post reports a newspaper giant tried to diversify its staff. White workers sued. Uh, Because it's illegal and racist. Because it's discriminatory. And discrimination on the basis of race is illegal. Doesn't matter if you want a part of reparations or what do you want, you know. I had to do this, before I left journalism, I had to do the same thing. It got really, really weird. Like we would always every quarter have to take a cybersecurity online test or whatever. 
And then the DEI came and it was just one. And then six months later, it was another. Then it was a DEI every month. Or maybe that was just directed at me. Because I remember at one point, my editor was like, you really need to get on the DEI board. And she like winked at me like if I wanted to save my career. And this is when they were trying to force me out for not taking the vaccine. And I was like, I'm not getting on the DEI board. What are you and look, you know, I'm not racist. I like people of all different cultures and races and religion. And, and it just has to go with respect. Respect begets respect. So, you know, as everybody acts respectful, that's the world we want to live in, right? So I don't care what color your skin is or what religion or whatever. Just show me the respect I deserve as a human being, not as a white person, as a human being, and I will show you the respect you deserve as a human being. You know, and act cordially and respectful and then go, it's like how you deal with your neighbors. You know, because like a, a coworker is like a neighbor, you can't get rid of them. So you better not start something with them because then it's gonna just sit there and fester and you'll have a bad relationship, it's better not not to engage at all. Yes, sir, no, sir, nice day, sir, or zir, or whatever, I mean, if you really wanna be called something bizarre, but that's, that's pronouns, and as I brought up recently also, pronouns is when two people speak about a third person. So if they're not even present, and you're worried about them being offended, that's the problem my problem with pronouns. You want to be called Napoleon instead of your your given name at birth? Whatever, I'll call you Napoleon. But when I'm talking to another person about you, I'm not going to call you Zer. <laughs> Sorry. Call you it, that person. <laughs> I got other names, but I'm not going to, you know. Gender neutral. Um, missives. The New York Times reports city to dismiss citations issued to reporter for asking too many questions. Oh, so this story has changed. So a reporter for the Daily uh, Southtown received three citations from the government at Calumet City, Illinois, but the city said it would dismiss them after a hearing from the media's company lawyer. Indeed. So basically what happened is... A reporter was calling and emailing people asking questions because that's their job. And the city retaliated by trying to uh, levy citations against the reporter, you know, that's law enforcement, for the guy doing his job. And of course, they're going to dismiss it because now it's getting press. You can't intimidate the press, especially the government can't. You know, you could try as a, you know, individual private citizen. But you can't do it as the government because there's a paper trail. Uh, the Wall Street Journal reports the new headache for bosses, employers aren't, employees aren't quitting. And they're also not going back to the office full time. And so now companies want uh, workers to come to the work office three days a week instead of two days a week. And they're getting fought on that too. So they're kind of like, oh, well, you know, how about three days? Come back three days. 
And then as recently, I didn't, I didn't cover it yesterday on Sunday morning. They had a, um, a segment with David Pogue about, you know, a hybrid work week. And, um, they did bring up very briefly that yes, your company is spying on you to watch how long you're at your computer, how long you're far away from your computer, how much work you're getting done, you know, blah, 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 phone calls, whatever. Um, so if you don't think you're being monitored, uh, you're wrong. Um, the only thing they said is employees don't like that. Of course, employees don't like that, but they don't have the right. It's the employer's right to surveil, but it, and there's no way for the employee to know. So they won't not like it if they don't know they're being surveilled, but you are. Because during COVID, I was being surveilled too. So it's kind of funny. But I knew, you know, I'm not, I'm not a not a neophyte or I'm not naive about surveillance. I know what's capable, what goes on and and the actions taken and whatever. And, and as I often say, companies, especially big corporations, they all have security. And the security isn't just standing in the lobby preventing people that you know, don't need to be there to come into the building. Security also has surveillance and other actionable tools uh, you know, and agents and what have you. So, you know, you have to understand that there's a whole apparatus, especially if you're in a large corporation, watching you. Usually they don't watch you unless something is electronically flagged or there's some concern you know, over monetary policy, you know, people don't, they don't want to be, you know, companies don't want to be robbed of their money. Um, but also it's to put in your file. They're supposed to tell you if it's in the file, um, but they put stuff in your file to, you know, on your behavior, your work or what have you. Fox 11, Los Angeles, mid-city homeowner fires on would-be robbers. So this guy was going up to his door and he was approached from behind Apparently, one of the robbers stuck a gun in his back and he whipped around with his own pistol and uh, started firing at them. So the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. You can't intimidate a, a, an assailant who has a pistol unless you have a pistol. <laughs> there's, no, there's no other way because he's going to rob you or, you know, pistol whip you or, you know, the guy... He was defending his house as they had a wife and a newborn and a nanny in the house. And so he, you know, he probably wouldn't have cared if they just wanted his wallet, but they wanted to go into the house. Daily Mail reports San Francisco worker posts terrify, a terrifying walk past drug-addled homeless people passed out on the sidewalks in the city's Tenderloin district. We know uh, San Francisco is on its way out. Uh, it's not tenable. It's not sustainable. Um, that's why Silicon Valley wanted to build a smart city north of San Francisco to move there. Because not only is San Francisco uh, spiraling into a crime-ridden area, the housing costs there are still um, the highest in the country, one of the highest. Barron's reports tech giants jockey for position at dawn of AI age, right, because they developed it. They don't care what kind of ha uh, what kind of harm it's going to cause society. Um, so I'll just read the lead. Whether they're cells, whether they sell smartphones, ads, or computer chips, the heavyweights of Silicon Valley have everything to prove to investors looking to see who is best placed for the race to dominate the generative artificial intelligence market. 
you're a company and you don't have an AI message. And like I said, it's going to be the straw man, the electronic straw man. It's going to be AI. Oh, AI is so wonderful. Look what it can do. And then let's let AI take over. You know, it's all about the AI gods. And then the AI gods are, are going to send down their wrath and blow up the planet. And then they go, and all the, you know, tech giants who are going to be in their armored redoubts are going to, oh, sorry, wasn't us. It was AI. Red State, and also BBC reported on this story, death of a Jewish man attacked by pro-Hamas demonstrator in California rules a homicide. The guy was hit over the head with a megaphone, which knocked him out. Um, and then he hit his head and died. So it's more like manslaughter. I don't think, the problem is, is someone dies in a result of battery or assault, it's still murder because you intended to assault or batter that person, and then it resulted in a death. That's why it's murder. If you just maybe pushed the guy and he fell over and hit his head and died, it would probably be manslaughter because you didn't intend to kill him just by pushing him back. Axios reports America splinters over their Israel-Hamas war, particularly the Democratic Party because they don't they don't know what to believe, and it was all orchestrated anyway. So. It's all because the the uh, the post the global postmodern left is losing all over the world because people are hip to the trick now and they're like ah, I don't want to go with those guys are nefarious have a nefarious agenda, um, and that's the reality. Um, but the problem is is in the Democratic Party there were still some pro-Israel Jews and so they're having a problem with the global left, which is pro-Palestine. But the problem is in the timing, because if you're pro-Palestine now, then you excuse the Hamas terrorism, which it was terrorism, because innocents were involved, you know, killing of babies and grandmothers and things, purportedly. Thousands of pro-Palestine marchers descend on White House chanting Allah Akbar, fuck Joe Biden as they demand ceasefire. This is from last week, too, I think, from the New York Post. Um, let's go, Brandon. So, good for us. You know, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. <laughs> the New World Order. We're in a lot of trouble. Yeah, so uh, that's it for me today. I still haven't set this clock back. Um, I'm going to try to get Perry on the line for episode, I think it's 59 of Tuesdays with Perry. I haven't talked to him in a week, so I'm not sure. But I will try to do that. But that's it for me this morning. Don't forget to engage the channel, like, subscribe. Share the podcast, leave a comment down below. Check out my other website, libpop.org. Learn about libertarian populism. Ooh, populism is a scary word. Uh, it's not really. It's just, you know, Tucker Carlson says, well, I'm not a populist because he's an elitist. And he has been. He was brought up in an elite family. So populism is just the opposite of elitism. So if you're not a populist, you're an elitist. And Tucker Carlson talks about hierarchical, you always need to have a ruling class, blah, blah, blah. I don't believe that, not in a republic. 
You know, a republic has got to be ruled by the people. There shouldn't be a ruling class. There should just be the people rule. I mean, you're going to have a hierarchy of people that lead organizations and stuff like that. But those people shouldn't determine, those few at the top shouldn't determine the trajectory of a nation. Sorry. It's just, that's what a republic is all about. So I don't believe in elitism, and that's why I believe in populism. Because without populism, elitism isn't checked. So, And they made like, you know, the Third Reich was a populist, right-wing populism. It really wasn't. I mean, Hitler, I guess, was popular with the German people, but he got elected because he had the backing of the corporations, the military, and the Catholic Church. So that's why it's fascism. So fascism isn't populism. It doesn't, doesn't really work that way. Anyway, it's it for me. We'll see you tomorrow.